Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, May 5th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Orbital Command Alpha Hour with Sigma Finance. Let's take a listen. Hey, what's up, Izan? What's up, Stanford? Can you hear me? Yes, sir, we can. Um, Yo, Jim, 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 Jim. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Mr. Team will be online in, in a minute. Then we can get okay. things started. Sounds good. How are you doing today? How's the Doing evening? well, sir. Doing well. Just looking at uh, the markets, not uh, completely dumping as of the current moment, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how that uh, holds up. Yeah, it's pretty tragic. I thought we were we were good and safe yesterday, but it was just a scam pump. I know. I don't really know what's going on with the uh, with the traditional markets. I don't pay attention to any of it, so I just like wake up and I'm like. Oh, this is like a traditional market dump, or oh, this is a traditional market pump, and then I'm just kind of like <laughs> fall prey to whatever's happening in those markets. I guess. Yeah. See, we needed dough to market by the 1.5 billion instead uh, of doing an OTC next time. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's what I saw. Like everyone was in the comments about the LFG announcement earlier today, talking about <laughs> we just need LFG to. Why didn't you market buy? Why did you, you know, do an OTC swap? Like, is that really going to save the market? But <laughs> looks like we got the other uh, guy from Sigma on here as well. Hello, Mr. Team. Yo, Mr. Team. No, testing. Mr. Team. It sounds like like a weird mic going on there. <laughs> yeah, try and fix that mic up, brother. <laughs> we got... Sefi in here as well. We'll get them up here. I just invited a few people uh, from the Luna community that might want to ask some questions as well. So um, I guess we can we can get started. And then, um, you know, if Mr. Is it Mr. Team? Is that what you said? Is that? Yeah, Mr. Team. Okay. If Mr. Team fixes Mike, then we can uh, we can go to him for some answers for some of these questions as well. But uh, I want to be mindful of people's time. So uh, what I, the way I think that we could uh, do this space is kind of like a, a roundtable discussion of sorts. So I have a bunch of questions that I uh, would love to get answered by the Sigma team, um, but we can kind of have it just be a free-flowing discussion. If people have some questions as we're talking about things, feel free to just jump in. And then uh, we'll also leave some time for questions from the community as well throughout um, and also at the end. So um, I think a good place to start for people that might not be familiar with Sigma Obviously, just a quick general overview of Sigma is there an options protocol that's coming to Terra. Um, but I think a good place to start for people is, you know, b- briefly explaining what an option actually is for those who might not understand it. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I guess like we had in Terra originally um, a lot of these basic financial 
primitive products. So that includes like Mirror, which allows users to invest in stocks and, you know, ETS and things like that. And then we also had Anchor, which allows basically users to deposit their money and then earn some sort of fixed yield on it. Um, so basically we wanted to, you know, abstract this a little bit more and then allow users to actually invest in options. So um, I assume that a lot of you guys have heard about options or, you know, you know, heard about results with options. So given the basic, you know, let's say volatility loving users of crypto in general, and I think like the general space where crypto volatility is much higher than, you know, traditional markets, uh, it's like a pretty logical next step to actually introduce this stuff. And so options are a little bit different in the sense that, you know, there's a lot more liquidity fragmentation due to the fact that, you know, options have expiry dates, different strike prices and things like that. And so we wanted to basically introduce a protocol where users are allowed to not only build this basic primitive, but also able to um, trade these options or at least, you know, buy and sell these options with high liquidity. And so that's like where a lot of the innovation comes from, you know, Ethereum and other projects where uh, people are able to you know, trade with high, high liquidity. Um, I guess like <clears throat> to give a little bit more context on specifically what an option is, is basically a financial product that allows a user who holds the option, the, let's say the opportunity to be able to buy or sell an option, uh, sell the underlying asset at a fixed price. So in this case, let's say if I had a Luna call at let's say a hundred dollars strike price or like maybe $200 strike price and that the option expires in one week, it means that in one week, regardless of the Luna, Luna price, I will be able to buy the option at let's say $200 or whatever the strike price is. And so this is useful in the sense that, you know, if Luna suddenly goes to a thousand dollars, you're able to buy Luna at that fixed two hundred dollar price, and so your product or your profit is a thousand dollars minus two hundred dollars. Um, so you have eight hundred dollars minus the cost of whatever the option was. So basically, allows users to leverage their capital, um, make a little bit more leverage bets on you know whatever they think, as well as it allows users to be able to hedge their exposure in the opposite direction. Right. So if I have you know a really large Luna holding, but you know I'm a little bit afraid of you know potential you know, market drops and things like that, maybe I can buy like a put option in the opposite direction and then, you know, hedge some of the downside risk there. And then lastly, for options, it allows users to basically generate yield. And so this tends to be, rather than buying options, it tends to be selling options. So if I think, you know, Luna is currently, let's say $100, and I don't think that Luna will move too far from $100 within, you know, the ex before the expiry period. So let's say a week or two weeks or a month or whatever, then I'll sell an option and then, you know, once it hits the expiry period, the options expire worthless because the lunar price doesn't really move too much in either direction, and I'm able to earn the premium. And so this is where, you know, a lot of the income or let's say the cash flow is generated for users who sell volatility. Um, yeah, I guess like that's like a pretty high level overview of what an option is. Gotcha. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. I think it'd be good if we dove into a couple of those different verticals. You know, for those who haven't read the light paper, I encourage you to go read uh, Sigma's light paper. If you go to their Twitter, you can actually see in their pinned tweet their light paper. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty comprehensive. Um, covers a lot of different things, including you know options, what they're bringing to Terra, tokenomics, token distribution, a variety of different things. Um, but kind of initially. Um, one of the things that you kind of highlight early on in it is how options give traders and investors a variety of different um, 
you know, financial strategies that they can utilize. And you kind of just touched on a few of these here. So, you know, like for instance, hedging um, and, you know, how you can leverage your portfolio with no liquidation risk. And I personally wanted to understand a bit more. I'm not super privy to options and I don't play around with them a lot, but um, one thing that I wanted to better understand was, you know, how people would be able to use Sigma in order to leverage their portfolio with no liquidation risk, because it seems like that would be a really cool use case for a lot of people that want to go uh, degen mode with Sigma. Yeah, sure. So I guess like um, in the traditional sense, let's say you're trading on a centralized exchange or doing some sort of margin trading or leverage trading, a lot of it is you basically have like a fixed amount of capital, but you want more exposure to the asset that you're interested in. And so what happens is you basically borrow somebody else's money to be able to buy these assets, right? And so you're borrowing this money. And at some point, let's say I'm heavily long Luna, right? But like the market's really bad for whatever reason, or I didn't expect it. And so like the price of Luna starts to drop. At some point, the Luna price is going to drop to the point where like, um, you know, your, the amount of money that you originally committed, your original capital doesn't cover the cost or like doesn't cover the change in price, right? So you eventually get liquidated. It's, you kind of can think of it as like mirror CDPs as well, right? You have to maintain some sort of collateral ratio. And if the collateral ratio drops too low, um, you get liquidated. Um, so there's like that kind of worry, <clears throat> I guess, when users are margin trading or like leverage trading and things like that. Um, the advantage of options is that you basically, instead of having this type of system where you over collateralize or even collateralize at some point, um, you basically pay a fixed premium or a fixed fee or like, you know, a fixed amount of money to be able to get this type of exposure. And so that's like the equivalent of like buying the option itself, right? So um, maybe I'm super long Luna, but I don't want to check my position, let's say every time the market swings in a certain direction, or, you know, I want a different type of exposure. In this case, you could buy an option, which gives you that leverage exposure that you'd like. Um, for a fixed, let's say, upfront fee. In general, like the fee for like a specific option is much less than, let's say, the underlying asset itself. Um, so there's that's where like the capital efficiency slash like no liquidation slash like um, leverage comes into into play for options. Gotcha. Okay, that's really cool. Um, I I know that you guys are getting ready to launch your V one relatively soon. And I want to dive into the details of that and let you guys kind of unpack, you know, what's what's to come for users on Terra in the V1 for Sigma. And then we can dive into some of these other things like, you know, what's the process of interacting with Sigma and the V1 going to look like? And, you know, we can dive into the uh, SIG token and, you know, XSIG and LIG and stuff like that. So I guess starting off, you know, could you give could you give us kind of a sense of what the V1 for Sigma is going to look like? Like what kind of options you guys are going to launch with like is it going to be a pretty manual process are you are users going to have to know how to interact with options pretty intricately intricately to to interact with sigma or is it going to be kind of like a vault approach where people will be able to go in there and and deposit something into a vault or something like that yeah so i think um we've basically thought about both uh types of customers and users um you know the big the, the fancy finance boys who already know how options work, um, along with those who kind of just want to sit back and earn some yield while using options as the underlying mechanism to generate that. So 
Sigma, basically what we built out is essentially this option primitive, right? And it's like a super composable um, smart contract system that allows users to mint options on any collateral type as long as we have an Oracle. So if you have an Oracle and a CW20, you can mint an option on any asset for any strike price for any expiry. It can be either a call or a put, and it can be an American or a European, which are the two different types of options that exist. Um, and then basically building on top of this, you know, fundamental primitive, which unlocks like the mechanism of options. Um, we've built out an order book system that allows users to basically mint options and come and trade them freely on the open market. So, you know, you can mint whichever option you want for whatever strike and expiry um, and just sell it to other users or come buy them from other users selling those. And that's, you know, for the people who are a little bit more financially privy, um, you have a little bit of an understanding on how you should be pricing these options based on, you know, their underlying volatility and, and the upcoming uh, expiry. Then we've built out a, uh, a vault system as well and have a suite of off-chain market makers on board. So what we do with those is we essentially, it's very like ribbon-like. Um, you deposit assets up front. Um, Sigma writes options on those assets at a fixed delta. Uh, sells those options to market makers who have been bidding on buying those options. Uh, and then we take the premiums and we roll them into the next week so that your position further auto compounds. And then I think what's one of the unique things about Sigma that some of these other option um, projects ha don't have is that Sigma fundamentally owns the entire stack of the option lifecycle. So that means we built out the primitive, we built out the order book, and we built out the vault system on top. So during the entire options lifecycle, we have access to the collateral that exists within the option themselves. So something like uh, Ribbon uses Open, which is this, the, the underlying asset uh, of options, and then they simply take open options and they sell them to market makers. So given that we own the entire vertical, we can take the collateral that's being used to write these options and we can put them into additional yield bearing farms in the Terra ecosystem. So if your collateral is anchor, for example, we can put that anchor, put that UST, um, sorry, if your collateral is UST for a put, we can take that UST and put it into anchor in the meantime while the option is, you know, before expiry. Um, if it's something like Y Luna, eventually we'll be able to put that Y Luna into the Prism Farms and, you know, distribute those rewards back to users. Uh, there's, I think, a, a, just a suite of opportunities that we can do for extra plugins throughout the entire Terra ecosystem, which will basically supercharge the option platform. That's incredibly interesting. So. I want to dig a bit deeper into these, you know, what you guys are doing with the collateral to mint these options as you're discussing here, you know, like Anchor and putting it into Prism. Have you guys decided kind of what you're going to be doing for the V1 in terms of the collateral that people are using to mint 
these options? Yeah, so at launch, um, the only one that will have a plugin is uh, European puts. And then, so that we can put them into Anchor. And then we'll be slowly adding additional plugins for various collateral types. But um, how the mechanism works is governance needs to whitelist new collaterals and their um, and their oracles. And then they can also whitelist various different strategies that can be enabled when you mint these options in the first place. So I imagine at the start, uh, when we launch, the available options will be Luna X, Luna, and ANC for if you're writing calls, essentially, and then UST for puts. And then it's up to governments to decide what they want to add next, assuming there's an oracle available. But one of the things um, Sigma will definitely release is um, options written on the UST peg. And that'll allow you know, UST bears to write these options saying that UST will not depeg. And there's like a shit ton of institutional demand of people who want to buy the other side of that. So for the Terra ecosystem and those who are, are bulls on UST, it's a great way to earn passive income on top of your, your anchor yield or potentially even using other collateral types to write these uh, peg options like yielding BTC. So you guys aren't aren't just uh, you know you utilizing this collateral to earn some yield in the background, but you're also providing a new way to kind of protect the the UST peg in a way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Using options. Essentially, what um, I imagine happens with Sigma is it becomes this yearn-like layer uh, on Terra, where we are powering sustainable yields through various types of option strategies and basically doing the act of volatility selling to generate these yields. Because through the past, like, whatever, 100 years, selling options has been uh, a great way to earn yield within the traditional financial markets. And that doesn't rely on anything like token inflations, obviously. So as token inflation yields sort of dry up within the you know, crypto ecosystem, Volatility selling will always exist because these assets are so volatile. And even if they're less volatile, you can still earn yield from doing that. So it's a way to forever kind of create sustainable yields um, within the Terra ecosystem on you know, the assets that we all love. I didn't even know it was possible for you to make me more bullish on the Sigma launch than I already was, but you're, you're, you're managing to do it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Um, we got Hutch up here as well, who I think might want to ask a question. So Hutch, if you want to jump in with your question for the Sigma guys, feel free. Yeah, thanks. Uh, this sounds amazing, you guys. And you're right. Yeah, it's a great way to generate yield, uh, really juicy yields uh, without any kind of shenanigans. So my, my question was about two of the safest option strategies, which would be like covered calls and cash secured puts, or in this case, it would be UST or AUST secured puts. Those are more American style, but... Uh, uh, are there plans to be able to do that? Like I heard, heard um, you know, the UST was the first collateral type, but is, are there plans to do AUST 
cash secure puts like so for instance if like luna's falling like it is now and i say you know what if it falls below 70 i'll still pay 70 even if it goes below that and i'll get paid some kind of option premiums maybe like three ust per per share or whatever or per luna can i post collateral and yield uh while that option contract is waiting to settle yeah so i think to clarify a little bit, while the user is able to put UST as collateral into the vaults, right, into these like put vaults, the UST is actually automatically converted into a UST in the background, i.e. like the UST is actually deposited anchor. Um, I guess like on the front end, we could actually also, you know, it's the same thing, but on the front end, we could allow a UST deposits as collateral. So I guess like to answer your question, yeah, this will yeah. be possible. Well, it's probably not necessary. I just, I... What I thought is when you had said that before, I thought the protocol was actually getting the yield, but you're saying you're going to pass that yield on or some portion of that yield back to the user? Correct. Originally, all of the yield will be directed back to the depositor or like the user. That's so amazing. Able, yeah. So you'll be able to earn your, you know, 20% or 18% or whatever it is right now on top yeah. of like the options yield as well, or like the options premiums. That's terrific. And, for, and so for the cash or for the covered calls, like I want to hold on to my Luna. I have Luna. We go back up to 118 and instead like people like to sell the all time highs. And so by offering covered calls, maybe less people would actually sell uh, when we kind of get back to the all time highs. If instead they could sell a covered call that says, you know what, um, you're going to get some premium back. And then if Luna, if you don't think Luna is going to go beyond this price, then fine, sell a 120 covered call. You'll go ahead and get some yield back. That'll help you if Luna falls. That way you don't have to actually sell your Luna. But if Luna goes beyond that, then somebody can call away your Luna at 120. Are there any, are there any discussions on doing that? Yeah, so we'll have that as well, actually. So exactly as you mentioned, it's like really good explanation. Um, I think like one extra thing to highlight is you, I assume like if you're a Luna holder, or, you know, you're one of those users who just prefers to only have Luna exposure rather than exposures to other types of assets. This will be one of the few ways in the Terra ecosystem currently where you can basically <laughs> earn yield on a single-sided staking. So, you know, a lot of times you want to provide LP for like, let's say, Anchor UST LP. So you have to have both UST and Anchor or, you know, right. different types of LP pairs. So this will let you get your single-sided exposure as well. That's that's really amazing. And and just real quick, I had heard you I had heard you say European style and correct me if I'm wrong, but the European style is almost like everything's always cash settled rather than in the native asset. But with the American style, it's a more tax efficient for those of us that have to worry about that stuff. But to to um to actually do American style where we like within the case of the puts, like I actually get put somebody's Luna if Luna goes below 70 because it's in, in the U S that's not a taxable event. It just, the, whatever I put actually goes towards my base of, of, of acquiring that Luna. So are you guys thinking of eventually migrating to the American style to where we actually get the asset and not just the, whatever the, the cash secured equivalent of the movement? Yeah. So actually in the beginning, both puts and calls will be um, physically settled, meaning you'll get the physical asset itself if the option does get exercised. Um, yeah. So I guess this is like what you wanted or like this is the ideal yeah. case for tax reasons. Thank you so much. I, I see uh, Lunanomics has a question, but this is incredible, you guys. Hutch is calculating his second Lambo. 
while we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, Well, great questions, Hutch. Um, Yeah, Lunomics, I see you have your hand up. If you want to ask a question here to Sigma guys as well, feel free. Yeah, um, I just wanted to know how the um, how the volatility is calculated because I think in traditional markets uh, you need to have liquidity and uh, people bidding on um, on these options. So I guess in the beginning when everything is uh, introduced and there isn't that liquidity or that that bidding going back and forth beats uh, for calls and puts, um, and there's not a set premium. How, how do you accurately um, figure out the premium for, uh, for these calls and puts. Yeah, sure. So this is a good question. Um, so basically a lot of the reason that originally DeFi options were, you know, not too heavily traded or not very used was that there's like low liquidity, right? Which means it's like hard to get a sizable position. So <clears throat> that's when like the, in the innovation with regards to like options vaults came into the space. And then, you know, the space, the whole DeFi options products product suite started to, you know, started to gain a lot of traction. So what we'll do originally as well is we have these option vaults. And so users are basically selling options in these vaults, right? And so there there will be a fixed, let's say, strike price that users will see for the vault. So, you know, let's say Luna strike price of like $120 or something like that. Um, And then basically they're offering, they're willing to sell these options to market makers. And so what happens actually in the background is that the market makers will see like, let's say a guidance price, right? So this would just be like, you know, your typical Black-Scholes model um, calculated with like some sort of historical volatility and that will give them a, a rough guidance price. And so these market makers will submit bids basically on like um, an auction styled RFQ system. And so they say, I'm willing to pay X amount for this option. And then the market makers will see what other market makers put in and they're basically bidding up these prices. And what happens in the end is that the highest bidder gets to take all the options. So basically we ensure that the users themselves get the highest, um, basically highest returns or highest yield for whatever they're underwriting at the at that point in time with each of all. Um, wow, that's really yeah. cool. How how deep is that market with the market makers? Yeah, so in general, I think like at least we've been talking about like sizing and things like that. So what tends to happen with these market makers is that they buy these options one because they're not really actually looking to take let's say a really strong position on whether Luna price or whatever the underlying asset price will go up or down, they tend to balance their books like externally. So they have a little bit more flexibility in balancing their books aside from just on-chain. So they might be balancing their books in um, centralized exchanges or maybe even in like traditional markets as well um, if the underlying is like not Luna or something else. Um, yeah, so in general, it's like it varies, but I think like the volume or like the sizing that's, that would be required is like not very difficult as long as there's like a perp market which there does exist a lot of perp markets for Luna and like maybe a spot market as well. In general, if there's enough liquidity there, they're able to support realistically any volume that like the retail users would want to be able to provide. Cool. Well, um, one thing I, w- I was kind of reading through the light paper and, um, and one of the things that uh, I didn't really understand as far as the vaults, um, it talked about like option and collateral holders share in the obligation instead of just like, um, you know, the contracts are between like two parties normally in, in the options market. Um, how, how does that work when the obligations are shared if there's like imbalances in, um, I guess, 
supply and demand in in the vault like how how is that spread out between um everybody that's in the vault i don't know if that's even a question that is a good question but. no i think that's really understandable and i think that's sort of like some paradigm shifts with DeFi options in general so something that's like a major consideration here i suppose is that you want to keep the entire ecosystem that's like permissionless and simple as possible um, and the way we sort of orchestrate this is instead of having these like interactions between two different parties, in which case if one party wanted to interact, it would sort of like implicitly require interaction from the other party. Um, we don't want this like synchronous type of transaction. It's much nicer if we can keep it in this like asynchronous environment where everyone can like sort of interact freely. And so what we do instead is say that uh, okay, a, like the length, the duration of the option is basically this epoch. And so all of the people who are the option sellers in this case are sort of like sharing this, this risk um, and pay pool. And then uh, essentially at the end of the epoch, what you do is redivide all these assets up um, so that everyone gets the appropriate payout relative to what they would expect. So instead of being like very directly exercised one-to-one, um, instead you're being exercised against the pool and it's sort of like fractional exercising for that entire pool. Um, I hope this is making sense, but I do understand that it's like sort of a weird deviation from the traditional options markets. I think I kind of got the idea. Um, so it, yeah, it's kind of, of yeah, it was all breaking up and sounded sounded strange so i i guess i just have to see how how it works experience how it works is is the i guess my my main concern is uh if anybody jumps into that or i guess my concern is if i jump into a vault what is my specific risk because if i'm one party and i'm sure i'm in contract with another party i know exactly what my risk is it it becomes a little bit more ambiguous if I'm sharing that risk with uh, with a pool. So I guess I just got to try it to figure figure that out. All right, um, that was a that was a great question. Yeah, the mic. I think the mic was just um, t- it was kind of just messing up. I think there's been a couple issues with that, but um, hopefully we'll get that resolved. I see Syak has a question there, and then after that question, we will. Um, I have a couple questions that I want to make sure that we get to within the time frame that we. Uh, slotted, and then we can uh, come back to community questions after that. So, Sayak, if you want to give your question real quick. Yeah, are you guys doing? Thanks for having me up. Um, if this was answered, just uh, just send me back down. But uh, just a couple questions. Will you guys be providing uh, like some sort of like inflow outflow of you know what's you know going through your order guys your guys order book? Uh, like for instance, you know how like on Weeble you have to sign up for different packages to uh, receive like. Um, time frames like better time frames right so like rather than a 15 minute delay or anything like that will you guys be having like a delay on yours or will it be like you know at at the point of sale basically or you know how will or you guys have some like kooji where you have to bond you know some coins to get special benefits that uh normally you wouldn't get i think uh initially we'll just simply be doing um just regular transaction speed on the Terra blockchain uh, so no sort of delays or or needing to pay a premium for faster speeds. Um, eventually, we'll consider building out uh, an order book that's off-chain, since that'll provide a lot faster transaction speed. Um, 
if like volume on the order book is actually sufficient to need that. Um, so yeah, was there sorry? Was there a second part of the question that I missed? Or was that it? No, uh, no, I think it was. Yeah, I think you kind of pretty much answered it all. Um, for that okay, one. cool. And then also, will it only be uh, on chain, or will we be able to, to you know um, do puts or calls or on basically any coin that we want? Yeah. So as long as there's an oracle, um, we can write options. So whether that's a, you know, Luna, um, anchor, an M asset, um, <clears throat> a Cosmos asset that's now on Terra, um, LP tokens, uh, really anything. As long as we can get an oracle for it, uh, we can we can write options on it. Awesome. Yeah, Before, for me, I just wanted to know those because I, I I was worried, right? That like um, you know, I would hate to have like some sort of market advantage, right? If there's a delay or anything, but that's that's awesome that it's just um, you know, at the point of sale essentially. How about yeah, Bitcoin? Yeah. Since since there's so much talk of Bitcoin uh, merging and entering our ecosystem. Yeah, if there's Bitcoin on chain as a CW twenty, we can write options on it. No problem. I actually did have one um, more too. Um, will you guys have a way to maybe do like nebula clusters too with these some of these strategies? Yeah, so I think one of the we're talking with the nebula team right now to find a way to if they're creating oracles essentially for the clusters themselves. Um, and if we can fetch that info properly, then we'll be able to write um, options on the clusters. They just keep amazing. They're just surprising (laughs) and delighting us with every sentence. I love it. Um, Uh, Before we hit the next question, um, can we have Mr. Team just try out a couple of different voice options and then we can see which one sounds the most clear? Yeah, yeah, Uh, definitely. We can fix one of uh, his his answer earlier. You don't like that I've kidnapped your family voice? It's like he's in a jail cell. I'll just go with the default one. It's fine. That works, actually. Whatever you're doing yeah. right there. All right. Yeah, this is better good. Now. All right. Okay. Respond to Luna Nox. Are we going to amend the earlier one? Okay. I, I guess what, uh, what I was getting at before is basically um, traditional option markets, you sort of have this one-to-one interaction between the buyer and seller. Um, this is something which is sort of infeasible in the DeFi environment due to the permissionless nature. Um, you don't want to have these like synced up interactions between two people. You sort of want to keep everything like permissionless, flowing, and asynchronous. And so the way you do that instead, instead of saying there's one specific buyer and one specific seller, you sort of group both of these categories into pools. Uh, so the buyer of the option still has the like complete control over what they're going to do with their option. They can either like buy or sell against this pool, or depending on whatever their um, whatever option they're holding is. However, all the sellers are basically now pooling their risk together against uh, like exercise risk, basically. And so what that means is their payout is going to be fractional based on how many of the option buyers have actually exercised. So for example, in the traditional markets, if you get exercised against, then like you lose or you exchange all of the collateral that you provided with whatever the payment is from the option buyer. However, in this case, if only half of the option buyers decide to exercise, then that means that you're going to get half of your collateral back and then half of your payment back will be 
half of what the option buyers paid for their exercise. Um, hopefully that makes more sense. I, I think this is like a pretty common model within the DeFi option space. Uh, it's sort of just a mechanism that works uh, much cleaner in this environment. And then you could just take the collateral and go buy the rest if you want to. So it's, it's basically the same thing. It's just exactly. the, the form in which you're receiving it. Yes, exactly. Fantastic. Good to have you with us, Mr. Team. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. So I think, you know, what a lot of people I'm sure want to know now that they know that you guys are going to have a kick-ass product is the SIG token. So we need to talk about the token, guys. When token and also, you know, what is the token generation event going to look like, guys? Like, is this going to be, you know, an LBP? Is this going to be, you know, an airdrop? Like, what are we, what are we looking at here? Yeah. So um, we'll be doing a LBP. Um, I think that's just simply the most fair method for users since, you know, the price kind of drops slowly over time and, and users can, can get in whenever they feel most comfortable. Um, the prism forge style event slash the, the Astroport one, which is like originally from mango market style events. I think those mechanisms, um, even though everyone gets in at the same price, it's not necessarily the best price and it's um, not the most capital efficient and it exhausts basically all buyers since everyone does get in at the same price. So an LBP is just a much more um, effective method at allowing people to enter uh, as well as keeping price discovery options available. Um, so we'll be doing an LBP probably late this month and we're planning to sell uh, a decent amount to the supply, not like a crazy amount, but we don't want to fall into the typical low float shit show that you see on like Solana. Um, so definitely want more tokens in the hands of users. And then basically the SIG token can be staked into X Sigma and X Sigma accrues all fees from the platform. So whenever an option is is exercised or settled, um, a small fee is taken from the collateral, and all of that is swapped into 50% UST and 50% additional SIG tokens. And that's all given back to the XSIG holders. So your XSIG slowly grows in size as the underlying SIG accrues, and you're also able to access basically cash flow that's generated by the protocol itself. So you'll always be getting a steady stream of income by staking your XSIG. And then one additional piece of this is um, the Sigma insurance fund takes uh, a small cut of these revenues, maybe something like 5%, basically just to accrue to an insurance fund that will slowly build up in case some sort of exploit, uh, God forbid, happens in the future, we can basically have this to, to help users out. Um, and then we followed similarly to the PRISM system, which was you know, originally taken from Platypus on Avalanche. And we can allow users to basically stake XSIG um, in a crew lig, which is similar to boosts on prism and how that works is 
you can stake your xsig to various sorry you stake your xsig in governance so that gives you one voting rights and two you start accruing lig and lig obviously stands for just locked sig nothing else uh and then you can take this lig and you can um assign it to various types of vaults or the various vaults that you might have collateral in so you know your luna covered call vault your anchor put vault whatever you can assign some of your leg of your total leg amounts to these to earn additional rewards because we will be giving out um basically additional sig rewards to vault users and then yeah using your leg in the, that way allows you to to gain extra sig rewards from these vaults um and then we we have some spicy partnerships uh on the line to give additional types of rewards other than just sig as well and um i think eventually we'll try and create a mechanism to uh incentivize users on the order book as well but initially we're just leaving that to the free market since the models that we've seen right now just lead to wash trading um which is obviously not good for for holders of the sig token okay that was that that was amazing i am even more excited I don't, I don't even know how you're doing this, honestly, like making me more excited than I already was, but like hearing how the tokenomics are going to work and hearing how you guys thought about 5% of it going towards this insurance fund, just in case of any exploits. I mean, I haven't heard of any other uh, terror protocols doing something like that where they're sending, and maybe there is, and I just don't know about it, but I haven't heard of anyone creating like an insurance fund to protect against exploits. I think that's a really cool idea to take a portion of the protocol fees and put it towards that. Um, I was curious, Isan, if you could just briefly go back to the leg real quick and just recap uh, what leg is used for again. I was I was actually taking some notes on what you were talking about, and I missed what you had said about that. Sure, yeah, for sure. So, okay, if you just have regular XSIG staked, um, then what happens is when you're in a vault, uh, you'll earn one your vault premiums, your extra anchor yield, and you'll earn some amount of SIG rewards that have been allocated to that vault, depending on your share of how much of the assets are yours inside the vault. Then what you can additionally do is you can start accruing LIG, which is the same thing as in PRISM, where you can accrue AMPs. So LIG... Um, you know, increases as you have XSIG staked up to some sort of fixed amount at the end of a year. Um, and if you unstake any one XSIG, all your leg goes back to zero. Um, and then what you can do is basically say, I have accrued a thousand leg and I'm in three different vaults, right? I can come to the vaults and I can say, I'm going to put 500 leg on the Luna call vault. I'm going to put 250 leg on um, the anchor put vault and 250 leg on the Luna put vault. And now basically what happens is we take the leg and the share that you have inside of all, and we use that to calculate uh, a new number for you that kind of boosts your yield depending on how much leg you've accrued and how much leg you've assigned to a certain vault. And that means, you know, just lig whales can't take all the rewards by um, on any on all the vaults that exist, but rather you have to split up your lig proportionally to how you would want it, and that allows smaller fish potentially 
to, you know, earn additional yields where people aren't typically putting their leg towards. So it kind of creates this extra game that exists within just the, the rewards market itself. Very interesting. I see that um, Hutch has a question here as well. So Hutch, if you want to jump in with your question. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, so when you say participating in the vaults, so like I, I envision myself being more of a, a net seller, uh, minter of these options, if you will. Am I considered part of the vault? Like, do I have assets in the vault if I'm a net seller since I have collateral? And and if I'm the one, if that's what you mean by the vaults, are people who are buying these options, are they considered in the vault? Like who's considered part of the vault? Yes, yeah, so the vault is considered... Um option sellers not buyers cool that's that's a great answer um you know one of the things that i also wanted to get to was um well two things really one was strategies so you know talking about some of the different strategies that you guys see as being possible once sigma launches whether that be you know strategies on sigma protocol itself or strategies utilizing like the primitives that will exist on sigma in conjunction with you know, other derivatives products, let's say, to either mitigate your risk or maximize some return. So I was curious if, if either one of you guys or, or, you know, however many of you guys would like to speak to what strategies you guys foresee being possible once Sigma launches. Yeah. So I think there's like a, an incredible number of option strategies that people traditionally employ in, in financial markets. I mean, obviously, we will automate some of these strategies for you in vaults. So, but that's simple covered calls and, and um, uh, cash secured put selling. And then eventually we'll make, uh, you know, condor vaults and straddle vaults for different types of markets, whether you think it's like a crab market or something like that, just to automate that for users as well, um, who don't have the expertise to do it on the order book themselves. And then, you know, this primitive is, is open for everyone. So now that the order book exists and, um, the option mechanism exists, uh, different people can essentially come and build on top of Sigma. Um, and I envision that being a, a, like something that could be really interesting. So one idea that we've had, which we might not get to in the first you know, little bit, is like something like a, um, like a no-loss vault, a principal-protected vault. So someone deposits a bunch of UST, it goes into Anchor, you stream the yield into various types of options to collect additional yield uh, and basically DCA into a position. Um, so that's something that could be really interesting. There could be uh, like on, yeah, there could just be like wheel strategies, which are option strategies that exist that could be automated. Um, yeah, there's like literally hundreds of different strategies that could be made. Maybe uh, uh, Stan has some that he would like to speak about. The all-weather strategy, perhaps, that we're building. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so we've been working with actually a lot of our partners who are, and other like institutional trading firms and things like that who want to employ you know, similar strategies that they may use internally or you know, strategies that they would like to test out inter um, internally slash externally as well. So these include strategies like all-weather options, options falls where, you know, Basically, you calculate some sort of like moving average and then you basically buy or sell options or, you know, enter into put or call votes depending on what this weighted average is. And so that would change dynamically, let's say per week or, you know, every fixed amount of period of time. 
Um, and then we also have like, I think one of the, you know, strategies that's a little bit useful for generating yield. And I think San very briefly mentioned this is like the options wheel strategy, where you basically just rotate between selling cash covered puts and um, uh, covered calls as well. So yeah, basically like any strategy that, you know, you can think of is basically uh, addable to Sigma through a governance whitelist. And then, you know, you'll have this. And then with sufficient liquidity, you have both sides of, I guess, like sufficient interest from retail users or like, you know, general protocol users will be able to provide these types of products as well. And I think like uh, there's a few other things that we'll be able to do. For example, peg options, basically backing the UST peg, um, having options, vaults, and strategies on Cosmos assets. So you have high liquidity for Cosmos assets, even though you know the spot market might not have be so high, may not be so liquid in Terra, um, and things like that. Very cool. Um, I see that you know I want to take these questions that I think people have in the order in which I've seen them, and I want to be mindful of uh, this guy that's been waiting for a while, um, Yacht T, who I'm going to bring up here to speak. Um, he's requested to speak for a while, so I'm going to let him ask this question then. Lunamic, Sefi, and uh, Jimmy, I see you just joined as well. We'll get to your guys' questions as well, and then um, we'll get around to closing this space out relatively quickly. He is still connecting here, so we'll just give him a couple more seconds, and then sometimes Twitter is buggy with connections. All right, well, while we're waiting for him to come up here, Jimmy, do you have a question that you wanted to ask? Yeah, hey, guys. Sorry, John. joined a little bit late. Um, just wanted to get your take on some of the other, like perhaps uh, options vaults on other chains and maybe what you guys see is like the pros and cons of theirs and perhaps like what uh, makes Terra uniquely suitable or like what are some of the unique benefits that we have um, on Terra with these option vaults? Yeah, so I think um, we've talked about a couple of things, but one of the things that's specific to Terra, I think, is that um, everything is built so composable. So all the other apps within the Terra ecosystem are basically Lego pieces that we can plug into and build on top of. Um, and that allows you know, our option primitive <clears throat> to eventually build plugins uh, into that to accrue additional yield. And I think uh, one of the things I spoke about earlier was that these option vaults on other chains, they're typically two different companies. So one is uh, a separate product that does the primitive and another is a product that like automates strategies on top. So at no point in time do they have control over the collateral um, because they're using different, uh, they're different protocols fundamentally. But building this all in one piece really allows us to have more control over the collateral and we can then use it to do much more interesting things. And I think within the Terra ecosystem, options are simply something that should exist in any financial market. And we don't have this type of, of hedging and levering available yet. So I think it's, it's fundamental to every financial market. So bringing that to Terra will be very interesting. I also think there's like, yeah, there's basically hardly anything you can do with Luna aside from stake it or borrow against it. And the same goes for a lot of different assets within the space <clears throat> um not gonna yeah i was gonna bash on p luna where where the use cases well here are the use cases jimmy 
we can write some options on those for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually like, I think well, um, someone just mentioned like the peg vault. Did did you guys talk about that in detail already? Uh, not really in detail, but we basically use. So the initial model was you use USDC, um, and you can write Oracle. You can write options on the price difference of UST over USDC, and you use that Oracle price as a way to say like, "Oh, are these options, you know, in the money, out of the money?" And um, basically, if you get exercised, um, you get a bunch of UST in return, and the other person would get USDC. But I think one of the more interesting things we can do on top of that is while that's like completely fine and it works as a way to write um, peg options, something more cool would be using the BTC that's going to be existing on chain to write options on the peg. Um, and that's a mechanism we're still playing around with, but it would allow us to make BTC yielding um, while protecting the backing, which is you know, the ethos of what we're trying to do with BTC and LFG as a whole anyways. So, so the, the, uh, the core, the spirit of that is essentially being able to use your protocol to defend the UST peg. Right, exactly. And I think um, UST peg options could be really interesting for, you know, sure, market makers and, and big institutions, but it could also be really interesting for protocols themselves. So something like Alice or Outlet who has uh, you know, a massive stash of USD that they're using for payments. Um, you know, having an insurance mechanism that's relatively cheap and works a lot better than the other DPEG option mechanisms right now would be, you know, could be a good spend of some dollars because the traditional DPEG uh, insurances that exist for UST right now are like USDS to DPEG past 0.8 for two weeks, and then you get a payout, which is like pretty shit. So I think using options is just a much more simple mechanism to do that and could provide a lot of value. I think there's actually a lot of other things that like DAOs can use with Sigma. And that's like instead of, you know, you can use options basically to create a price absorbing floor. Um, and earn yield on assets instead of simply doing things like buybacks the whole time. Um, and that way you can, you know, leverage up, earn yield, and protect your, your assets floor price, which could be really interesting for, for, for DAOs. So like Prism can come in with the treasury and say like, we'll, we'll buy a whole bunch of Prism at the forge price at, you know, 0.337 or something like that and earn premiums uh, on on those options. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, that's a perfect example. And that would, you know, be great for Prism. You protect a, a price and you earn yield at the same time. Very cool. Um, Lunomics, do you want to jump in with your question? Hey, yeah. Um, yeah, this is like so exciting. It's probably... I've been waiting for options to hit uh, Terra for, you know, since Mirror came out and just hearing, you know, what's, what's going to be happening in a couple of weeks. It's, 
super exciting for me. Um, well, I guess my question is, uh, what are are there any metrics that will be available as well, like delta, theta, um, information on the different um, options? Yeah, so I think our, um, initially we may be able to provide this, let's say, on the dashboard or like on the vault pages. I think in general, it would just be delta and maybe, you know, like the underlying price and things like that. Maybe the implied volatility or like, let's say the historical volatility. Um, but yeah, definitely in like version, let's say 1.5 or version 2, we plan to expand it. the like range of analytics that people are able to look at as well as like, you know, just general tooling. And perhaps we'll also have like bounties for like users to build these types of things on, whether it's through like Flipside or some sort of other console. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Seth, you, I know you had your hand up a while back. Do you still have a question? Yeah. Um, I think a uh, pretty easy question. If you look at this protocol compared to others on other chains, um, what kind of TVL and what kind of sort of like comparison metrics have you guys seen? Um, you know, as just from the perspective of analyzing this, uh, as a potential buyer of the Sigma token, you know, just kind of using our imagination as far as like what kind of value accrual um, might we expect and what kind of like maybe mm, like rational market caps would be expected for a protocol of this type? Yeah, I think in general, it may be like difficult to outright say like, you know, we expect this amount of volume or like this type of market cap. So like, I'll just like make a few points that may be, you know, salient to your investment decision. Um, so one of the big things, NFA, like, NFA, NFA, yeah, NFA, NFA, <laughs> yeah, it's NFA. I get it. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. just my own thoughts. Yeah. yeah um, just make up something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. So I think a lot of the existing protocols that have, let's say token buybacks by taking a portion of the fees is unstable in the sense that you're never actually sure about like the type of transaction or the amount of transaction that actually occurs on the protocol, right? Let's say in a given week. So you tend to get a lot of like, um, even volatility with the regards to the to the buybacks or like, you know, the fees that are accrued. So, you know, one week you might have a large amount of trading volume or like large amount of, let's say, whatever volume that's, you know, that's relevant to the protocol. And then next week it might be a lot lower. Um, with options, it's slightly different in the sense that there exist these vaults, right? So it's like weekly selling or like weekly buying and selling of these options. So there's always like a fixed amount of um, activity that's going on. So the general flows to Sigma holders or like, let's say Sigma stakers is much more steady. Um, in addition to that, we think that you can kind of look at like, let's say any of these put options, all these put options are actually secured by UST or in some sense, AUST as well, right? So the UST is put into anchor in the backend. And so I think, you know, generally if there's like a slightly more higher risk appetite and, you know, selling put options is in some essence, like let's say bullish. So let's say we're selling, um, Luna put options or things like that. Um, you're basically able to earn anchor yield on top of, you know, having this bullish position that, you know, a lot of, let's say, lunatics would have. Uh, so we expect, like, actually, which is a little bit different from other, let's say, other options protocols and different chains and things like that, that we expect actually a high amount of UST deposits into these put balls. Um, yeah, so that's, like, something definitely to wait for. And in general, you know, versus, like, a little bit, different ecosystems and things like that. There's like a lot more opportunities to take your underlying asset and then let's say stake it or lend it or do whatever in like Ethereum or like, you know, maybe even Solana or AVAX. Whereas in Terra, as we mentioned, there's not as many opportunities to have single side exposure. So we expect like uh, quite a large uh, number of inflows. 
and to like also drop a few hints. Um, we've also mentioned this in our Discord and things like that. Um, we'll be working with Stater with Lunar X as well, so you'll be able to also deposit your Lunar X, so you'll be able to earn all the typical you know rewards and yields that we've already mentioned, in addition to additional Stater token rewards, which you know will be co-incentivizing as well. So definitely keep you know on the lookout for that as well. Killing it. That's pretty awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I think generally on the Terra ecosystem, it's hard to compete with the yields of Anchor. Um, so if you can't beat it, join it. And I think that's what we're doing here to, to be able to provide additional yields. Love it. Um, well, you guys have dropped a ton of alpha already, but I was curious if, uh, you know, this is the OC alpha hour. And so I was just curious if you guys did have any extra alpha that you wanted to drop for the listeners here towards the end of, uh, end of the OC alpha hour. Um, I'm trying to think what would be a good one without giving away too much. Um, well, I did mention something about P, P Luna use cases. So that's one thing that's spicy for sure. And given that we have Jimmy here, perhaps he'll, he'll throw us some additional prism tokens. Uh, to make this token useful. There you go. We need you, Jimmy. We need you to throw those prison tokens in on top. Jimmy, we need them. Jimmy, give us the tokens. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the things that I was talking with Sefi about um, early this week on one of his uh, one of his spaces was the idea of like instead of pre- uh, like predetermining a bunch of incentives and tokens um, like most protocols do out to like a year or two, even th- 69 years, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, one of the things that <laughs> we wanted to do is just like, if we have these partnerships and we have these vaults, especially if it's like C Luna where yields are, um, you know, accruing back to X Prism holders, then we can take, you know, look back on the past performance of say like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks and say, oh, okay, like this generated, I don't know, let's just say like 50,000 worth of buybacks for Prism. Then it makes sense for the treasury to say, um, maybe like give a cash back, right? Like 10%, 20%, 25% of that um, back to where the yield sources came from. And that way um, we can confidently incentivize these um, yield bearing strategies while um, staying net positive for our holders uh, and not diluting um, diluting folks that aren't necessarily active or always you know, doing degenerate stuff like us. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea and something that we will also be um, trying to follow similarly. Um, You know, I don't think it's smart to stick to a fixed emission schedule just in case that turns out to be like a a poorly thought out one or one that doesn't seem to work in this market. So staying flexible there really makes sense. So I'll hit you up later. We'll we'll figure something out. Deals happening on the OC Alpha Hour. (laughs) (laughs) Put P. Um, P Luna in vault, uh, exit with Lambo. That's what I heard. <laughs> Since Lucky's not here, I'm going to do the Lambo jokes for him. <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you need. Just put the P. Luna in and just set it and forget it. It's, that's it. Um, the last question I wanted to get to real quick before we, before we close this thing off, and I think this is, you know, fantastic um, space, and I really wanted to thank everyone for coming on. Um, obviously, the Sigma guys coming in here, dropping 
a ton of alpha for everyone. Super excited for your guys' launch and everyone else coming in here and asking great questions as well. Um, last question for you was just, you know, how do you see Sigma evolving over time after you guys launch? You know, you guys have the upcoming launch coming here probably later this month, but what do you see down the line, whether it be a future roadmap or anything that you guys want to talk about in terms of uh, what's, what's to come that might be exciting? Yeah, I think there's um, a lot of things that are on the roadmap that we eventually want to hit. Um, some of the first things will definitely be bringing in those assets from across the cosmos to be able to write options and have vaults on things like, you know, Osmo, Juno, Atom, uh, since those types of markets don't exist for those yet or leverage really on those. Um, the next thing would probably be prediction markets. So using something like uh, digitals, which is, you know, a, a type of option that basically exists to allow people to make straight up bets, essentially. And then prediction markets could be created on, you know, some super wild things like TVL and anchor, anchor yield rates, um, you know, Astroport volume versus TerraSwap volume, uh, the Doquan Algod bet. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of cool things that we could build on top of uh, digital options, which we eventually want to do for sure. Zon, then Zon, since, you, since you mentioned uh, before, because I'm going to forget yep. to uh, tell you this, but since you mentioned Cosmos, um, keep in mind like Quicksilver is going to be bringing in like liquid staked versions of all sorts of Cosmos staking assets. So that might be a cool thing to bring in oh, as opposed perfect. to like the na as opposed to the native asset. So that's uh, the Quicksilver chain, I guess. It's going to be its own like IBC chain. And they're opening soon, I believe. So something to keep an eye out for. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. That's actually really helpful. We'll definitely do that. Um, okay, cool. And then additionally, after that, I think we'll want to work on further plugins that we can build to use collateral in different places and try and potentially make that you know, fully decentralized in a way that people can just um, kind of find various strategies and and build that into the, the option when you mint it yourself. Um, and then I think eventually we would like to make the, basically the, the system right now for vaults is that you sell all the options to market makers and it's a winner take all, but uh, eventually allowing retail to get in on that as well. Um, so basically splitting up the buys based on anyone who wants to bid so that could be market makers, regular retail users who want to buy a bundle um, and splitting the price based on whatever everyone bids just to become more capital efficient and allow regular retailers to, to join that play as well. And then, you know, fundamentally, uh, Sigma is going to become this entire urine-like layer. So there's going to be, you know, 10, 15 hundreds of strategies built on top of Sigma options that are being used to to generate these sustainable yields for a very long time. And if um, that means needing our own IBC chain in the future to access everything in the cosmos, then Sigma chain will come. Sigma chain will come. You heard it here first, folks, on the OC Alpha Hour. Before they even launched V1, Sigma chain is on its way. <laughs> yes, sir. It has been... 
It has been an absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you guys all for coming on. And I really hope that we can do this again sometime soon. Yeah, thanks everyone for joining. Um, and thanks to all the speakers and, and Zion and Orbital Command and appreciate all the listeners. Please uh, hop in our Discord and feel free to, to message us if you have any questions. Absolutely. Get in their Discord, follow them on Twitter as well, and look out for some updates coming soon on their launch and how you can participate in that. And we'll see you guys all soon on another OC Alpha Hour. See ya. Adios. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Orbital Command Alpha Hour with Sigma Finance, recorded on Thursday, May 5th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm cruising, I'm rushing, no booze on my tongue When I'm losing my cool like a bruiser in London The rules are confusing, so let loose the juices And try not to act like they tightened up the noose These fools are abused like a problem stepchild Ruling the coop with some modest exile I'm lost in the cube with the softest textiles A comfy padded room where I'm walking my best miles So wipe the smirk off your face when you're serving I'm up with the platter, a bait behind the curtain Up with the curse, it's absurd to swerve it Letting these nerds know the weight was worth it. I'll perk it up while I serve in some bullshit. This ain't my first rodeo surrounded by humans. Opinionated merchants trying to steal your worth. It's getting on my nerves, so let's make them feel nervous. Tit for tat when I'm spitting this rap shit Getting sick with it like I'm kissing bats It's spreading sickness like a fucking pandemic Gun to my head like write the damn epic My mood is exhumed from the darkest mistakes Sitting down in hell cooking up these mixtapes Living through nightmares and dreamscapes It takes more patience than a hospital police state So lock it down locked and loaded like they come for your guns Fuck no we won't be getting onto that bus Quietly sit back and watch the riot beat While the cops get filmed pirating all your privacy Sign on the dotted line and wave your rights and wave goodbye and pay no mind. You gotta wash the brain and erase the time. Now shut the fuck up while we wait in line. Spaces.